the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. May your word be in my mind, on my lips, and in my heart. Then Jesus came with them to this place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again. My Father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, but they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> this food for thought and an invitation to make sure to take some silent time. It's obvious that the Lord was not here for a few minutes. He was here for several hours in prayer. The apostles perhaps were fervent in the first 5, 10, 20 minutes, but after the half hours over their eyes are closing. Our Lord stayed insistent in prayer one hour, a second hour, and it seems even a third hour. Did the mosquitoes bother him? Did the wind changing, the cold temperatures, did that distract him? He just fought to stay focused, fought to pray, fought to unite his human will, which was rebelling, to be one with the divine will. Father, if it is possible, his humanity cried out, if it is possible, let this cup pass without my drinking it. My humanity rebels, I do not want this. I do not feel like going forward with this. It's worth pondering the divine mind of God in Jesus, seeing every human soul, the whole of humanity and each individual of humanity, seeing each one of us 
seeing each one of our loved ones who've gone before us, seeing our children, seeing our spouses, seeing our enemies, seeing Father Steve, seeing Marty, seeing Janet, seeing Steve, seeing Danielle, seeing Lynn. That's what motivates him to keep going. He gets nothing out of this, and for himself he would stop. Love for each one pushes him forward. Seeing perhaps some of us in moments of generosity respond to his love and to his sacrifice is what motivates him to keep going. It's worth it, I will do this for him, for her, for my beloved. And he finishes, not my will, but your will be done. They say one of the greatest pains of his agony was the indifference of so many. So many who wouldn't even care. So many who would just pass by, speculatively hear of what God might have done for them, and allow some distraction, some doubt, some cynicism take the seed away, such that it bore no fruit. Their cynicism, their indifference, it pained him. Each one of us, am I one of the passerbys? Am I outside looking in, unmoved by what is done for me by God? Am I allowing doubts to push me back, keep me at a safe, healthy, comfortable distance from having to look at what's going on? Am I one of the nine? Not Peter or the sons of Zebedee, but one of the nine who was kind of at a distance for whatever reason, our Lord brought them so close but didn't bring them all the way. Maybe he knew I could not handle at that moment everything that I was going to have to see. So I stayed at a distance. Maybe I was talking about other things. Maybe I was caught up in politics or discussing the taste of different plants that I tasted along the way, distracted perhaps. And our Lord acknowledged that, met me where I was, and left me there for the moment. He knew there would be more time for me to ponder later. Or maybe I was with Peter, James, and John. Maybe I had been one of the three allowed to see Mount Tabor in the full image of God in Jesus at the Transfiguration. But that wasn't the full picture he had wanted me to see. That was the beginning. And now he wants me to see the rest of the story. So he does allow me to come see that transfigured deity, that God in the flesh, now weeping as a man. And nothing more, apparently, than a weak, scared, man. He wanted me to see that, the whole picture. God from God, light from light, and yet truly man. And not just to see speculatively, but to see, to behold, and perhaps to be moved enough to say, Lord, what you do for me I don't want you to do it alone anymore. In Gethsemane, our Lord was isolated. Our Lord was alone. Our Lord looked for company and found sleeping apostles. Our Lord has looked many times in my own life and found me sleeping, caught up with my friends, caught up with society, caught up in temptations, giving in to temptations, not keeping watch. 
going with the flow, while he was left to suffer for me alone. As we come to this place, and as we come to this moment of that self-sacrifice in the Mass, as we come to receive him in Holy Communion, let him not be speculative, passive, indifferent. Lord, seeing and being here, seeing what you did, Lord, I don't want to leave you alone in that offering that is for me, for my family, for my children, for my spouse, for my community, for our world. I will. If you help me, I will stay with you this time. This Holy Communion, let it be a renewed communion with you and me. In the joyful moments of clarity and consolation of the Transfiguration, when all seems so obvious and I can follow you without any hesitation, and then down the Valley of Tears to Gethsemane, down to the cross, down to Calvary. A true friend will not leave you to do it alone, Lord. You have not left me to suffer alone. Help me not to leave you suffering alone. Let me offer my fatigue, my sufferings, my trials of life, my inconveniences, even extra sacrifices that you may allow me to embrace. I do embrace them. Let me be in communion with you in consolation and under the cross. Let me offer my crosses with you for my children, for my family, for my community, even for my enemies. Lord, I know my spirit is willing, or help my spirit at least to be willing. And Lord, as I make this promise and resolve to stay better at your side, so as not to abandon you, Lord, I resolve to discipline my flesh. I resolve to keep my humanity in check, not to go with the flow of my friends of my society, to say no to things that I don't need. The Spirit, Lord, let it be willing. And with your grace, help me to strengthen the flesh so that I follow you with my whole self, soul and body, May I not leave you alone. Salvation is through Christ, but salvation is also with Christ. Our offering with His. Our Blessed Mother, who would have heard of these events of Gethsemane after the fact, just like we did. May she help our hearts be moved as hers was, not indifferent, not blocked by doubt or cynicism, or distractions, but to really be moved by the salvation that God chose to offer for us. It was not a salvation that did not involve Him, but rather fully involved Him. Divinity and humanity, joy and suffering, all of it offered for us. This is my body given up for you. I do will it. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Amen.